Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Remarkable Results Radio's Town Hall Academy. What shape is your handbook in? Are you compliant with all HR laws in your state and federal government? Well, we're going to discuss professional employer organizations. Now, here's a taste. This is a fantastic decision that I made as far as my business goes, and I can't tell people enough. Look into it. Do it. Put your fears aside. This one is real and genuine. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm Capriato here. Now, much is written and discussed about the challenges of the small business person with human resource issues. Some say it's the most important part of your business, and yet we are not experts in the law or policies. Also, you may be looking to improve your team's benefit program. So where do you start? Well, you do it with a PEO. In just a minute, my panel will give you a powerful dose of HR reality and get you to think about compliance. I want to thank Jasper Engines for the strong support of the Town Hall Academy. You know, keep them in mind as you learn from these free webinars that go deeper than the headlines. You know, if you're a Jasper customer, then you know quality and customer service is their number one goal. Their associates take pride in their work, and it shows in the quality drivetrain products they produce. You know, their quality and customer service has kept them growing for 76 years. JasperEngines.com. Hey, so glad you're joining other aftermarket professionals on the Aftermarket's Super Learning Highway. Our intention is to help bring fresh and innovative discussion to inspire and grow individuals and companies. And today is no exception. Okay, let's talk HR and professional employer organizations. They're called PEOs. My Academy panel includes shop owners Kevin and Lisa Eckler, foreign car specialists in Poughkeepsie, New York, and PEO specialists Jim Bellevue from Acadia HR and Greg Bauer from ESC Employer Services. Shop owners Kevin and Lisa Eckler brought me this topic because it has made a huge difference in their business and they want to tell the world about it. As Kevin says, he wants control and trusts no one. Sounds like you? Well, the sheer fact that he brought in a PEO company to be his HR department is a testament to the fact that he is still in control and that he has a lot of trust in them. As he says, he didn't know what he didn't know. They started on his handbook. You know, it needs to work legally because if there's a problem, the policy will be carefully scrutinized. Benefits are another huge option in a PEO. So many in the industry have told me that this is the year that they're going to expand their team benefits so they have a competitive advantage in the marketplace and also to become a retention tool. As you'll hear, the PEOs bring options like a la carte healthcare, dental, vision, 401k options, and flex spending accounts that the typical small business person would not have access to or even be able to find the bandwidth to do the research. Hey, learn with me now. What is a PEO, a professional employer organization? And I'm really going to go right now to both Jim and Greg t- to answer that. And then we'll connect Kevin and Lisa to this. A, a PEO, a professional employer organization, our, our industry got started in the middle, late 80s. And it is a service. It originally started out as a service to companies to segregate their employee groups in order to create sweetheart benefit packages, but that was soon ended and it became just a straight service business. Um, I had been in another business uh, for years building um, construction management and realized that this was a service that companies needed. But it is a 
uh, an administrative process where we become co-employers with um, our clients. Uh, we uh, are given the right to hire and fire their people, but only upon their direction. They are still the editor in chief and in control of all their people and what they do on a day-to-day basis. They're the worksite employer. And we provide in the background um, all of the compliance, all of the handbooks, policies, procedures, um, tax filings, um, just compliance or regulatory, uh, keeping them in line. And it, it's it's really a full plate that takes it off the responsibility list. Greg, before I go to you to help, uh, you know, complete that definition, Lisa, everything that Jim said, compliance, handbook, all that stuff, you guys were really good at that, weren't you? Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I uh, I had a little bit of experience because I was an executive assistant for uh, uh, the largest um, uh, employer right now in the Hudson Valley. And uh, so I was familiar with some of the things because uh, we had to be on the corporate level. But when you come to uh, a small business where you've got, you know, 10 or less employees, basically, in our case, we had a, an automotive tech who was running the business and you have no knowledge of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why obviously both of you guys decided to get a business coach too, to help you with all of the things that you weren't proficient at. Now, Greg, how did Jim do on that definition? Uh, Jim did a wonderful job. He's uh, a a lifer in the PEO space. So he, he nailed it. I would say that um, in addition to uh, just adding on to what Jim had to say, um, we, we also provide a strategic element. We, we help our clients uh, become customer or employers of choice with, uh, with recruiting and, and hiring um, along those lines. I got my start actually in the automotive business. So I, 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 while I can appreciate what Kevin and, uh, and Lisa go through, I've been out of it for a while, but we tend to have quite a concentration of customers in the automotive space. So really you're looking to be sure that your clients value their customer or their employees no different than if they if they didn't have an HR service. But, you know, when I think back of how many times I said, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to handle this? Uh, there's a new law. How do I get that written the right way into my handbook? How do I do a legal termination. Oh my God, how do I do a legal hire? <laughs> you know, how, how do I have competitive benefits? And I think, you know, you mentioned that. So these are all, if you will, IRS regs, uh, all these things floating up in the air that I think we deal with all the time. And I really want to jump into it. So Kevin, Lisa, when you hired Jim to come on, what were some of the first things that you guys worked on to, to make things Right. Oh, the first thing we worked on was uh, having the ability to uh, have a employee handbook. That was really important, and I knew that was something we were lacking in, um, and I knew that it was something we could uh, that could come back to bite us. So that was really important to make sure that we knew uh, we had somebody who filled in the cracks and the holes. The handbook was the first thing, but Kevin, you had to be convinced somehow that you weren't going to lose control. Yeah, absolutely. And I might add in, uh, 
Jim takes care of our payroll also. So he's not only an HR company, he's our payroll specialist that takes care of all that. Uh, me being who I am and how the business goes and my growing up, I have control issues. Uh, the idea of somebody else being a co-employer, that they're actually employing my guys and they have authority in my life, uh, at least in my perception, I struggled with that because I struggled to let go of anything. Uh, my thought is the first ship to sink is a partnership and I'm not giving anybody else control. Uh, but the reality is, and the whole reason why I'm here today uh, on this is just to say that all of my fears uh, completely wasted time. Jim has and his company has provided incredible benefit and peace of mind for us. There are laws that come up that I have no idea exist. There are situations that I have no idea how to handle, uh, wouldn't begin to know how to, and his company has handled them flawlessly. Uh, so for me, it was it was power and authority um, that I feared in losing um, just because that's kind of who I am. I don't like to let go of the reins. I don't like to let things happen like that. Um, and my initial impression was, oh, God, what if Jim does something that I don't like? And the reality is, is that Jim has never done anything that I haven't completely and thoroughly asked him to do. Um, it, it, there's never been any kind of going around behind what my wishes are. It's always been a direct response to exactly what I've asked. And any fear I had was wasted time. Jim, do you hear this a lot from your customers? Yes, I'd like to add one um, component to the handbook scenario. Um, we have found that, and I'm sure Greg would agree with me, that when we put a handbook in place in a business, it actually establishes some design and order in that relationship yeah. between the management and the employees. And it actually raises a, a level of respect that, that goes up. And we can be, at times, when there is an issue, and, and there's all sorts of issues that do come up, we can be that intermediary that saves the owner from the business of having to go in there and strong arm somebody or give them a warning verbally. We're the ones who can be involved in that process and actually save that relationship and shore it up for the whole process. Absolutely. And I think what the most thing uh, that it, we did like about uh, Jim and uh, Katie is that Jim was a small businessman too. Um, so he gets it. It's such a personal relationship that we have with Jim and his staff uh, that we've, we've been with the, the big name uh, payroll companies and you can't even get anybody on the phone. So it, it's just so much easier. This it's time. a great point. Greg, let me ask you a question about uh, uh, your, your type of organizations in our, uh, in our country. Do you scale multiple states or are, are you mostly regional? I think by nature, most PEOs are, have a regional flavor to them, but, but the concept is scalable. We're actually in 38 different states headquartered here in Buffalo, New York. Um, and what we're finding is it's across industry. We're not necessarily specific. What, what, what Kevin and Lisa experience happens in doctor's offices, happens in pizzerias happens in any industry. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, you know, what, what really comes out of it is the fear that Kevin was talking about ultimately turns into the employees, you know, the technicians at that Jasper are saying, Oh my goodness, ownership invested in us as an employee by hiring a professional firm to help us, the employee, with any issue we might have throughout the life cycle of their employment. Uh, 
So that transcends, you know, across state lines. Uh, you know, it gets tricky for us in our business because you really, you, you mentioned CARM, the IRS. Um, that's an important part of it. But it's typically the Department of Labor's at either the state or federal level that are really guiding the advice that a PEO is giving to a client. And so um, we find ourselves typically in a better position to provide that advice than the business owner either can't find on their own, doesn't want to find on their own, maybe going through a law firm, maybe going through a buddy or a, or a group that they belong to. Um, but when they, when they land on an Acadia or a, or a ESC, they're, they're finding financially that, uh, it, it was a right decision as well. You also wrap up on it, you know, legal services too inside, right? I took a moment to jump on Acadia's website the other day in advance of this. We, we, we both tend to lean on uh, Jackson Lewis as a, as a national employment firm who is incredible. Um, but but, uh, but we, we will use local. We don't have any attorneys on staff, but our staff is 63 people strong and half of them are HR consultants that are kind of wily veterans. Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Hey, are your customers investing in Jasper? Absolutely. Um, and I think that uh, the biggest thing is, is in the world of automotive nowadays, uh, let's don't talk about parts and labor so much. You know, when you when you look at the mechanical side of it and look at the parts and labor side, you know, you're, you're selling cu- the customer a transmission, but what you're really doing is selling peace of mind. So it's not hard convincing customers to invest in their vehicle. Uh, we don't feel like it is. Uh, we, we haven't really had an issue with that. You know, it's, it's not for everybody. And, you know, in certain situations, you may have uh, somebody that doesn't necessarily see that value, but it's our responsibility to show the value that Jasper has. It's not about your transmission is going to shift through all five gears now. It's more about you can take the kids to soccer this evening without having a problem. You'll be able to make it to work tomorrow without a problem. You can go on that vacation and not have a worry. That's what it's more about. And Jasper provides that so that we can offer that to the customer. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. Okay, let's open this up really big time. When you get a new client, doesn't matter automotive, any any type of industry, what are the biggest things you're finding that you've helped them with and given them, if you will, taking some pressure off? Is it is it compliance? Is it insurance issues? Is it being competitive with benefits? Is it obviously handbook? We we've heard of handbook here. Um, what, what's what's what are you solving right away? What's the biggest problems out there? Uh, I'll jump in, Jim. It's all of what you said, um, but a lot of times what we find out is the client doesn't have an HR professional. It's typically the business owner that's doubling or the CFO if it's a little bigger entity that, that has got that role. So um, absolutely, they don't know what they don't know with, with the labor laws in their uh, local community or in their state. Um, but generally, they're frustrated. Uh, Lisa hit it on the head. Some, some of the bigger payroll operators, it's hard to get them on the phone. I would, I would suspect that if, if Lisa and Kevin wanted to run something by Jim, they got a pretty good avenue to get to him pretty quickly. So there's, there is a little local flair to it, but 
it, it comes down to um, compliance. It does come down to payroll, benefits, HR, all those things wrapped up into one and in getting the service that, uh, th- that they want for the price that they're paying. I, I think one of the keys in, in establishing a relationship with a company, once, once there's an agreement to go ahead, um, the transition can be tricky because we're pulling a lot of loose ends together. Um, the relationship they may have had with a, a previous provider of services in the payroll field and possibly in the accounting field. Um, and we run into, and I'm sure Greg has, can, can attest to this, what I call involuntary noncompliance. There are things that are going on that um, they don't know, but gosh, if one of their employees should get a bee in his bonnet and, and get dissatisfied, they, they might have some vulnerability there. Um, we've seen it in the benefits field where they're picking and choosing who they supply benefits to and how much they're contributing on a health insurance plan. Or So we kind of bring all these things into compliance in wage and hour and Department of Labor and, and, uh, and streamline it so they don't have to look over their shoulder. And, and I think one of the really nice parts about what we do is we encapsulate all of the costs related to um, their labor into one number. And it's easy for them to see it, analyze it, you know, get a proportion or a ratio to their general business um, so it's easy to handle. Um, and, I, and I mentioned before I come out of the construction management business I still think I am a general contractor of sorts because I provide uh, employer-needed services in the turnkey mode for their employees. And I think that's what uh, attracted us uh, to using Acadia HR is that uh, you know, Jim's kind of been there. He's been uh, you know, the small businessman and he gets uh, I've had the small arrows go into me. <laughs> I know what it's about. So you guys don't regret the decision, Kevin and Lisa. I, you know, I basically heard you say that. And uh, why'd you wait so long? Didn't know it existed. Just like everything else. All the, the 20 years of pain and everything that I went through that was totally avoidable, that I should have had a coach when I first started out, and I shouldn't have made all the mistakes I made. I never took the time to look and see. I was so busy being busy that I never realized. I mean, you see guys talk on the message boards about what to do when something's going on or something's happening and they've got this HR problem, I've got that. And I'm thinking, dude, you need to hook up with an HR company. you got to, and they're like, what's that? That exists and people have no idea. Like a new startup, you get somebody that's brand new starts a business. Their workers' comp ratings and their insurance ratings are through the roof because they have no past history. Your unemployment rates are through the roof. But being a co-employer through Acadia, you could achieve or through EIC, you could achieve a much lower rate because their rating is better than yours as a novice in the field. Don't make all the stupid mistakes that I made not knowing. Take the knowledge that's there and go for it. I am so happy you said the word healthcare. Uh, many uh, in our industry, both Jim and Greg, are struggling to have a better benefit program and even yeah. just start to provide health care. So talk to us about how that works with a PEO. With, with us, you know, we, we do some field underwriting. We, we want to look at what is the employer contributing, how many of their employees actually participate, uh, we look at some demographic factors. We look at SIC codes. And if, after we go through all that process, uh, we then make a decision whether 
to allow them into our plan or keep them on their own plan. Um, all PEOs do some variation of that over, over time, um, but healthcare is uh, probably the single biggest benefit that employees uh, seem to worry about. I mean, there's plenty others, whether it's dental, vision, hearing, you know, 401k being the big, big one there. But healthcare is one that resonates. We're actually right in the middle of our uh, renewal period with our carriers that we're, we're negotiating rates on behalf of clients like a, like a Kevin or a Lista. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. It's, it's, we, we get a little bigger attention from them because we are bigger. Um, we do see some administrative savings because we are paying the bill on their behalf. Um, but still, it, it comes down to some things that are out of our control, whether it be the, the cost of prescriptions or, or the cost of medical care uh, in general. But typically, our clients see um, anywhere between 5 and 8% below what they could get on their own. Mm-hmm. I, I've noticed that um, it, when it comes to health care, uh, there are no free lunches out there. Um, it's, right. it, uh, it is what it is. But I think the PEOs, uh, when they bring in um, some various other benefit structures like flexible spending accounts or health savings account uh, administration or, um, you know, HRAs where the employer is paying some of the costs of the uh, deductible, um, those strategies will help the employer with his, his people and keeping the costs down and giving them some advantages if they happen to be buying these products on the street. I, I think, and Greg can attest to this, when we come into a company and put a benefit structure in place, we are adding some intangible value into that workplace scenario so that the employee who might not be totally uh, involved in all the benefits, when it comes to him considering moving someplace to another job, he's going to say, wow, I have a lot of options here that I'm not going to be getting in this other location. So there's some more value in, in what I'm making there and what and my uh, accessibility should I want that down the road. So and it also gives the, the smaller companies the look and feel of, you know, a really strong established business entity. You're right on, Jim. Uh, you know, that, that kind of causes the uh, technician in the automotive space not to go to the other side of the fence for a 50% or 50 cent rate increase or, or something along that line. So if I was an independent business person like you, Kevin, and I had no health care, it's probably, and I know I need it because I need to stay competitive. I, I need to, it's a it, big, big retention piece. Yeah, um, huge. So how do I start? And if I had a PEO and they were doing all these other things for me, it's got to be real easy to start that way and then start without a PEO. You take New York State, and we've got this health marketplace, uh, which is a total disaster to navigate and acquire health. It, it's a nightmare to deal with. So we simply contact Jim and say, hey, what are our options? What can you provide? How can we work this into the system? What can we provide to the guys? And they've put together such, I don't want to use the word simple because that's not the right term, but they have refined all the packages and given very good qualified choices that are very reasonable for us compared to looking at this huge spectrum of stuff that I just don't have time to figure out. So he has pre-qualified 
great options for us and, and led us in right directions as far as things go, rather than me taking time away from what I do well, trying to figure out something I know nothing about. You know, what, what, what Kevin and Lisa get as a benefit through Acadia is all the time and effort Jim's putting into yeah. uh, researching, simplifying, making sure the right options are out there. Um, that, that allows the business owner to stay focused on why they got into business. They didn't generally get into business to provide a benefit or uh, things yeah. along that line. So, so all the work that's being done between the bullet points is incredibly uh, valuable. You just basically stole my next question, and I love Sorry. it. When No, no, please, thank you. This, this was great. I want to thank Kevin and Lisa Eckler for being here with us today from Foreign Car Specialists in Poughkeepsie, New York. Also with us is Jim Bellevue from Acadia HR and Greg Bauer from ESC Employer Services. So, you know, while you were, you were going on, I was writing this question, how do you justify a PEO? And, you know, you're really kind of covered it, Greg, but can we dive into a little bit of the numbers? You know, as the owner of the business, Kev, you probably thought that, well, if you spend a couple of hours on something, it really was free to the business because you're in control. This is what you do. And and then, then you spend another four hours with a healthcare provider, and then you're trying to you know, you can't sleep at night because you're worried about a termination tomorrow. You're not sure it's going to be legal. Uh, these are these are these are really these these got to be costs that Jim and Greg you probably help somebody help justify. Um, we we have found that, and I'm sure that this is not unusual in our industry. We in in a lot of cases are revenue neutral when we go into a company to provide services. There's so many costs that are not articulated or written down or or added in um, just the opportunity cost that Kevin may be losing because he's mm-hmm. ruminating on something um, that's going to occur tomorrow or the next day or how to implement a policy in his organization so we're helping um, in that area and some companies that does cost something it's not a whole lot you know when it comes down to a per hour cost. Um, it's very reasonable. And we have found that in the companies that have 50 people, that's about when they start to need an HR director in-house. And in the marketplace, that could cost them between sixty dollars and $65,000 for that person. And you're looking at $1,200 a person per year. The PEOs definitely cost less than that number per year per person. So they're buying a prorated service with all sorts of backup, um, legal and HR and and Mm -hmm. just accounting technical. Um, And I'm sure Greg will test to this that we we could be an application service provider for the software that we bring into play for our companies and for their people and the HR. Um, So there's a lot of value that's brought to the table. And you know, Lisa and, and Kevin, would, you know, I don't know. I don't see their books and records and, and how we figure in and what they have seen our true cost them has been. But I'm sure it's been very reasonable. It has been very reasonable. The costs that we've seen uh, working with Acadia HR are comparable to uh, ADP, for example. We used ADP in the past, but could never even get anybody on the phone with them. And there's so much more value dealing with Acadia, for example, um, and I'm sure ESC is the same, 
I get so many more benefits dealing with Acadia than I could ever get with ADP. Uh, It's just amazing to be able to have somebody right there on the phone to answer questions. You know, we've had uh, recently in the past year, we've had an employee who had an illness and uh, was, um, you know, out sick for an extended period of time. And, you know, what to do with that? Uh, I knew that there was certain things that had to be done because I came from a corporate background, but I didn't know exactly what that was. And I simply contacted Acadia and handed off the entire thing. I didn't have to deal with anything. They contacted the employee. They took care of the paperwork. Handle it. Handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. You couldn't put a dollar value. So, Greg, uh, I'm I'm listening to all this stuff. Uh, Really excited about what I'm hearing. Um, So great to hear and learn about PEOs. But if you sit down with someone and you put a proposal together, is there a line item on your proposal that says peace of mind? (laughs) Well, you know what? We're going to add that line item. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) That's a wonderful one because, you know, we, we do touch all aspects from the, you know, from the financial savings, you know, we're, we're the payroll company. So we're doing the bank reconciliation. We're the benefits administrator. So we're paying that bill. We're doing those reconciliation. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of little buckets, um, including there is a line item in our proposal that talks about owner's time. Uh, because typically you, 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 the PEO becomes a single source and, and we deal with all these with, with, with all these vendors. So absolutely, at the end of the day, peace of mind, um, mm-hmm. or, or more importantly, the ability to do what the business owner enjoys doing is, yeah. is where, where we get a lot of, why didn't I find you sooner? You know, mm-hmm. Kevin said that a few minutes ago, geez, I wish yeah. I would have found them after going through 20 years of not knowing Acadia. Yeah. And I think as an, indi- as an industry, we can do a better job of promoting ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and we try, but it's sort of hard to explain uh, the, the concept unless you're right in front of the cl- client. Yeah, that's why we're here. That's why we contacted CARM to do this. It's because so many people need to know about it that don't know it exists. The all ships rise. Um, going on back just a step. For me, I, I am incredibly hands-on in the business. If the plumbing needs to be fixed, if the building needs to be worked on, the roof's leaking, whatever, I am on it. And it has taken me a long time to realize that for the cost of hiring somebody else versus me doing what I'm doing, I'm better off spending three, four hours doing what I do and then paying somebody else to take care of that other because I have made far more money doing what I do than the money I save taking them on myself. So the additional cost of having an HR company versus me trying to figure out how to do it, and I'm not up on all the laws, and I don't know all the compliance stuff, and God forbid you got a fine or a penalty, you can't make that kind of money. You just do what you do and do it well and delegate to other people that do what they do very well. It's so worth it. It's like hiring a coach. You can't afford not to have one. It's such a it's such a great point, by the way. How many shop owners out there? And please raise your hands if you're in the audience, because <laughs> I can see it, I can feel it. <laughs> Aunt Lucy's the bookkeeper, mm-hmm. and she should be our HR specialist. And so here's the scenario: 
Kevin wants to write into his handbook, Jim and Greg, a new policy on training for his technicians. And he wants to have in the handbook, it says, listen, my uh, working technician in the shop is going to be required to get 40 hours worth of technical training each and every year. So I guess Kevin could write that and put it in there. But maybe there's not enough meat. And if so, if he called you guys up and says, listen, here's the sketch of a policy I want to write. Would you then look at it and make sure that when it fits into the HR manual, the, it, it's right and it works? Um, we, we would look at the policy and make sure that it was, you know, touch up a little bit. We do a little editorial work. Um, we would probably spend some time with Kevin um, asking him what his goals are, um, when he expects to have this training take place, um, how he might be looking to augment the cost of the training, if not paying for it completely, um, and mm-hmm. just help him through that process and, and make sure that it's um, not discriminatory in his workplace, that everybody has the option, um, mm-hmm. or at least it's one of the steps that they can work to in order to take advantage of. Once, once we get that structure in place and it's completed, then we would present it to the employees uh, for them to sign off on. Um, we sometimes will post it on you know, their portal on our website so they can see it. They're going to be aware that this exists and has been put in place and uh, and all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Like I would have known to do that. What a great answer, by the way. That's the exact answer I was looking for because we don't know what we don't know. And uh, doing, some, doing some testing. You mentioned the word portal. What's that? Well, as, as Greg, I'm sure you have a software package that all your people can enter into, but we have a client side to our website and employee side, and the employee can enter into um, their portal with their password. Um, they can look at their pay stubs. They can look at their pay history. They can look at their uh, benefits that they're currently enrolled in. Uh, they can change their address if they move. Um, there are links to various providers for um, the benefit structures they might be in, be it dental or vision or health. Um, so they can move around, and it's it's really their space. Um, there'll be some notices that sometimes are posted there. Um, could be directions to the Christmas party. Um, but it, it really <clears throat> lets them know that the client company uh, is up to date and they're technologically uh, on the cutting edge. And the best part of that is... Uh since we do have the portal is uh, an employee will come up to me and say, Hey, you know, I, uh, I need to reprint last month's pay sub. I don't have it or I can't find it or whatever. And I just say, Hey, go log into the website. Everything's right there. There's no issue with me knowing what their social security number is because we don't keep that stuff any longer. It's all goes off to Acadia. Uh, so mm-hmm. no compliance issues where I have to worry about who's got information and, and is it secure in my office and my desk so other people can't see it. It's all electronic. Yeah, and I, I think to add on to that, um, you know, there is a world full of Aunt Lucy's out there, as, as Karma was talking about. And <laughs> that's generally the challenge that, uh, that Jim and I run up against as we're, as we're converting a prospect into a client. But from a, from a technological interface or, or a portal, um, yeah, we, we provide all that to our customers and, and their employees. 
we've we've strategically chosen not to take the human out of the human resources component. So we have a, a good size call center here right under our, our roof in Buffalo that when employee is in there and they can't figure out how to print out that pay stub or or whatever whatever matter might be in front of them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they can certainly contact us and, and we'll walk them through it so that uh, they're either minimizing their time away from work or, or we're taking that responsibility off the hands of the business owner. And that portion is huge, absolutely huge. There are so many things business owners have to do. Uh, some days I wish I could just go back to my old job and be a executive assistant again because it's a lot less work. <laughs> well, he dragged you into this thing, so you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Okay, so my biggest challenge right now is I think I've got this hiring thing down. Thank you for helping me, Acadia and ECS, to you know do a nice quality legal hire. But now I am just so struggling. I got up this morning and I know I've got to make a termination. And I know I need to, you know, and hell, just read the paper, watch the news. You know, we're a Sue happy society. And I am so nervous about this. I guess if I had a company like yours, you maybe could talk me off that roof, (laughs) even though I own the business and and I'm making an important move in my business to right its culture and to fix a wrong. um, You get a lot of calls on, can you help me through this? Uh, Can can you coach me? Can you walk me through? Can you gain me some confidence because I got to do this this right? Usually we are encouraging our clients to let us know ahead of time if they're having Uh, an issue with an employee um, so that we can coach them through the process. Um, And the process sometimes can be a a warning. Um, We had a gentleman who was coming back late from lunch all the time at one of our uh, clients and and he wasn't responding. So we put a warning in his paycheck um, that said this could lead to his termination if he did not, you know, comply with the time frame. Well, we didn't realize that his wife always opens his paycheck. Oh. And and he, he came in the next day. He looked, he looked like a UPS worker. I mean, he was on the button on the time from that point on and forevermore. But, you know, coaching, there, there are a lot of legal panhandlers out there who are hoping that uh, a small businessman will fire someone in an inappropriate, highly emotional uh, manner. And they're just waiting to pounce and, and try to come up with some money of some sorts. But if you structure the termination, you give the employee a path to improvement, um, they're warned. They realize that their job was at stake should they not uh, improve upon the the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, You're doing everything right. And then sometimes letting that person go is the best thing that ever happened to them in their lives because it's a wake-up call. And so actually you're doing something positive for them. And you're, you're insulating yourself to the best you can. But I'm not saying that we have had, um, we've had clients who've done every single thing right and they'll still get a suit file on it. I mean, it just happens. And, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Jim. Everything you said there, you know, we, we also encourage our clients, let us, let us begin to get in on it in the beginning. It's not when you get a call that says, I want to terminate somebody because I don't like the color of their tie. You know, we all kind of sit there and go, well, wait a minute, we, let, let's talk about that. So our philosophy is we'll come on site and do it. We'll coach you remotely. Uh, we'll bring the 
uh, employee to our site um, and have that conversation because we, we operate in a, in a value stream of respect for that employee because when you're separating employment, it's, uh, as Jim said, it might be good for the, the client, but it generally is a, comes across as a relief to the employee as well. So I, I think that that personal touch always helps through that process. We have had times, I must add, where that process was started um, and an employee was saved. And the retraining and the effort to go through the rehiring um, was avoided because the difficulties were worked out, the communication channels were reestablished and clarified, and the relationship was reestablished. Do you find when those when those terminations um, are there, do you look and to find out if there's any performance reviews? One of the cases that we had was a, 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 a group that was uh, protected. A gentleman was in a group that was a protected group, um, and those are more delicate than not. Um, and they wanted to let this person go. But we knew from our records that he had had several reviews, um, performance reviews and some warnings. And the entire office was on a regular schedule of employment reviews. So he wasn't being um, singled out um, because of his status in that office environment. So we, we were able to um, relieve him as, of his position uh, for cause. Um, and avoid any of the other encumbrances that would normally follow somebody who who was not really happy with the process. And I, I think you know when it when it moves on to that employee feels they were just wronged, even with all the help that Katie or ESC is giving to a client, and they end up in front of EEOC or Division of Human Rights. Um, we've actually found that. Um, we're, we're, we're gaining a reputation of respect within these government agencies that when they see a, uh, an employer is using a PEO, they generally feel that, that rules and procedures were, were fouled uh, independently and objectively. And it ultimately, um, we, we've got the EEOC here in Buffalo actually referring us as a preferred vendor to, to some folks now. So it's interesting how it's, how it's switched and not only is helping us as a PEO, but is, is really helping the client out. Um, we, we've had some instances, um, you know, Greg and I are both using the same legal firm for our outside uh, consult. And um, we've had cases where our clients have received letters from local attorneys who were representing employees who had since been fired. Um, and when we um, put together a response from our counsel um, and this local attorney sees that they're dealing with one of the biggest labor law attorneys in the country, they, they definitely realize that they're up against it. And a lot of times these things are just, they just fade away. They don't want to deal with it. Thank you so much for bringing up the EEOC. I mean, it's got to be one constant scare uh, for a small business owner. I got a question from uh, in the Zoom webinar. It says, how is dedicated data secured? In our instance, um, you know, that's the same type of question that you would be asking to a major provider like a Paychex or ADP. Ours is very highly secured. Um we have a few redundancies people have to go through. We store things offsite, but we also only let the data that's 
that's associated, their data is separated from everyone else's. So data never gets intermingled between customers and, and it's always kept secure from, from that perspective. Everything we do here is encrypted, becomes a little bit of a pain when we're just trying to do a simple email and has numbers in it. But uh, we've taken all the right precautions uh, to make sure that uh, data is secure. It's a normal procedure. Everything is stored off-site. There are firewalls and encryption. You can't do enough. It's it's really there. Are, we we've seen ours. That there's a lot of attempts to to uh, come at corporations, uh, especially in our business, because we have a lot of proprietary information with uh, bank account numbers, routing numbers, social security numbers, next of kin. So we are a prime target, and obviously. Um, we're all protecting ourselves. So when you look for a PEO gang, be sure that you ask that uh, secure cybersecurity compliance uh, question, I mean, regarding regarding data. Is it really tough to get the small businessman to really say, I can do this or I should do this? You know, it, it's the, the challenge is, is back to what Kevin started out. It's pushing okay. Kevin or Lisa over yep. the edge of, of the trust and the control. Completely. And so... So what we've found is once they get over that, they're, they're fully immersed. And, and as Jim said, they, they stay. So what, what we've found is works well for us is, hey, hey, talk to our customers. They had that same fear you had 20 years ago, and they're still with us. Um, the industry is growing. We're seeing double-digit growth for about the last four years straight. We believe the market is about 8% saturated. So we think there's a tremendous upside here. Um, and we believe that is, you know, people don't really truly know the services out there. Um, and, and those that do are, are embracing it. So it, it was for us a full swing of the pendulum. I am swung really hard one side, all my defenses up listening to what Jim had to say and wanting to hear it, but totally defensive because as a small businessman, everyone is reaching into your pocket. You get phone calls, emails, people constantly stopping by. Everyone looks for money constantly. So anytime I talk to somebody, I never make a decision on the spot. And I'm always very defensive. I'm very analytical, which is what makes me good at what I do. And I was full on like, uh, and, and not sure. And now that I, you know, you taste it and it's good and you realize that, man, I really needed this. And the pendulum has swung full the other direction where I can't encourage anyone enough to go do this. Um, that's why we're here. Uh, Lisa really has all the great value and information on what we do and she handles a lot of the processes. I'm here to say that I was stubborn and difficult and resistive. No, <laughs> never. And, and this is a fantastic decision that I made as far as my business goes. And I can't tell people enough. Look into it. Do it. Put your fears aside. This one is real and genuine. This Great. is not some scam. Thank you. Yeah, that's why. Can we use that too? Uh, <laughs> Take it away. That's I've got it. recorded it. <laughs> no, yeah. but Carm, that's it's it's forums like this. Mm -hmm. uh, we we do a lot of speaking um, to to let that message get out there, and it's yeah. it's really testimonials like like you just heard that. Um, are so helpful to to either Jim's business or mine or any other PEO to, to get that message out there that this service is good and it's real. 
there are so many uh, little nuances to having this service available, uh, mm-hmm. things you wouldn't even think of. Um, we had a, a staff member whose uh, his, his car broke down. He had no transportation to get to work, and he needed to borrow money to, to get another car. We can do a loan. We can do a payroll loan through Acadia. Everything is on the up and up. Everything's all standardized and treated the way that the IRS or compliance, other compliance issues are covered and regular payments can be taken out of his paycheck. And it's done. There's just so many little nuances to having a company like this to take care of it. I, I can't see why anybody wouldn't do it. I totally think of uh, how it could go wrong. Yeah, every Friday you stand with your hand out and you ask the guy for you know fifty dollars in cash to pay the the note, and there's no <laughs> there's no no paper trail. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I the can staff. I can totally see how that, that could that could bomb out and get real ugly and end up in a termination yeah. and no money right. paid back. Right, and then you don't get paid back. Yeah. Yeah, your wow. best of intentions make you vulnerable because you did it in a way that you understand, but not a way that's legal. Um, this is invaluable. I, I really thought heavily during this, uh, you know, I started to think about what's going on inside the industry with consolidation and how we, how important it is that, that small businesses need to scale themselves right so they can be there for those opportunities. And it looks to me like having a PEO would take, a, first of all, make them legal, very compliant, but take a big burden off of them and, all, and also be able to get that benefits package right. And um, yeah. I learned something very interesting today myself the words involuntary non-compliance <laughs> I, I i that is just an incredible set of words right there i want to thank kevin and lisa eckler from foreign car specialists in poughkeepsie thanks for being in the, the car studio kevin and, uh, and jim thank bellevue you, from acadia hr and greg bauer esc employer services thank you for your contributions today Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.